Have you been hitting the books and listening to lectures all day? It's time to relax, to unwind, and listen up. This is Brooke from Campus Chronicles, your go-to podcast for everything student life. No matter where you are in your academic journey, we have you covered. Think of us as a trusted mentor, friend, and confidant who always has your back. We'll be sharing inspiring stories, thought-provoking insights, and practical advice to help you succeed in and out of the classroom. So get ready to be inspired, enlightened, and entertained. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to our next incredible guest and incredible topic. Her name's Elizabeth Argon, and she is the founder of Chalkboard Financial. Elizabeth, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I love being able to spread ideas and help into generations. Well, it's a big one. It is a big topic, and we're going to discuss finance today. And I don't know about you, Elizabeth, but numbers Numbers can frighten me and they can stress me out and they can scare me a little. So I think going into any sort of financial conversation, it's so important to know you don't have to know everything and you just have to ask questions and be curious and be honest. Absolutely. And owning where you're at is so critically important. Just to give you a little bit of insight in my background, because I think connecting the why to where we're at now is so critically important. I was a young person like everybody else was at one point and went off to college with not a lot of guidance and accrued a lot of student loan debt and personal debt. But out of that pain, I realized, you know, personal finance was not taught to our generation, younger generations. And that pain point became my passion now. And that is actually where Chalkboard Financial came from. So I am actually just advocating for young people, middle-aged people, parents across the board to take the time to slow down and understand and invest in yourself along that point of growing in what personal finances. And to your point, student loan debt is huge. So is credit card debt. So is personal debt because we're never taught really what it is. You know, growing up, I never really was taught when I was 16 or 17 this is what debt is. And here is a, you know, here's how debt works and here's how interest works. All of that was completely lost to me. Was it lost to you? And when did you start realizing, oh my goodness, I put myself in a really hard position? I think the moment I opened my first student loan bill was when I realized I have made some horrible financial choices here, not in educating myself, but how I got the end result. You know, I did have to finance it with student loans. And again, they're not bad in themselves if you understand the whole picture. Most things that benefit you do require some investment. But having my parents co-sign on multiple student loans was probably not the best way to go about that. But that being said, I think to help young people and even, you know, somebody that's just trying to navigate what's next for myself, I actually start at the very beginning. We start with dreaming again and goal setting again, and specifically financial goal setting. What does that look like? We're told to do it. We're told to dream big and chase them. But 
90% of the time, those dreams have a financial attachment to them. And that's where everything kind of is like, oh, I dreamt it. And I might have written it down, but I didn't do the deep dive on what does this actually look like? And is it achievable? How long would it take me? And I will send you a link later to some of our resources that we have. So students can actually just plug in a couple numbers and it spits out the math on your dreams, if you will. It gives you that, you know, this is how much I will have to contribute each month to reach this goal. And it's tools like that, that again, are you, I was not given. Had I been able to attach student loans to that little formula, I think my choice would have been very different. But then I also wouldn't be sitting here today to help younger people do this as well. So it's all part of the plan. I'll tell you, my sister's a social worker. You're going to giggle at this and a counselor. They did an experiment or a, a study with the young people and like 10, 11, 12 years old. They said, you're going to pick a job for a week, like a fictional job, and you are going to see how to budget your expenses. And they said, well, my dream is to be a McDonald's worker. And she was like, really? And about 80% of the students said, well, my dream is to be a McDonald's worker. And I think that that's a, it just shows our generation, our society is moving in a direction where people don't feel like things are obtainable. And when something feels soul crushing or feels almost out of reach, I think we stop trying. Absolutely. I think just for example, home ownership right now, I think it's for this younger generation, it's unseemingly so out there and unattainable because interest rates are skyrocketing. And then the houses that are for sale or the condos, you know, whatever one might be looking for, there's such a demand that it gets swooped up with someone that might be able to pay all cash or, you know, different scenarios that. And I am a part of numerous online Facebook groups and financial independence groups, retiring early groups, because I really like to keep a pulse on, you know, what are the challenges and struggles that I might not be facing, but still are out there? And how do we get, you know, people empowered to educate themselves and really just investigate a little bit more on, yes, it's big and scary, but Mm -hmm. you can still do it. And invest in a few resources and you'll see very quickly on that note, sitting down and having just an informational meeting with a mortgage lender to understand, oh, there are still mortgage loans that are available. Interest rates are high, but how do we work with that? Is it a bigger deposit or is it a different kind of loan? You know, do you have to improve your credit score a little bit? Maybe. And having just having that information available to you, I I just personally learned something the other day. So my husband and I purchased our home close to 10 years ago and I found out, you know, we bought it together. But actually, as a woman, I could take a second mortgage out within that 10 years and be considered a first time homebuyer again. So we could actually grow our wealth by investing in a second property under my name. And I'm like, Let's do it. Let's do it. But again, (laughs) hey, my goal is to have a beach house somewhere one day. So I just learned that two months ago. But again, it's taking the time to say, hey, how do people do it? You know, how do these, the wealthy seem to, you know, constantly be growing their assets? And here we sit, or the average Joe sits and is like just a hamster on the wheel. Like, I don't understand. Well, it's taking a step off and saying, okay, 
They've educated themselves. They're using the tools available. They're not actually doing anything differently except actually using the tools. How did you start using the tools? So you open this student loan paper and you're like, oh, oh my. What was your next play? So my next play was actually, man, it was, I'm aging myself a little bit here, but the online capacities were not what they are today. So I, Matt, I created my own grid. Excel did exist back then, but so I created a grid sheet and I dubbed it a 30 day spend log. And I wanted to know where every single dollar was going. So if I filled up my gas tank, I also accounted for, did I run in and grab a Starbucks or, you know, any spending throughout the day. I hand typed it in apps. We didn't have budgeting apps back then. But anyway, that being said, I then was able to break down every single day, actually to the penny, how much money I was spending and rolled that out through the end of the week. And then of course, over the course of the month, I saw where money was being funneled. And I said, okay, now I can make changes because I know where things are going. And do I need a Starbucks every day? No. Is it a habit that I have because I don't like drinking mom's coffee every morning? Yes. Where do I want to make a change and need to make a change? I use that as an example because what it's showing you is the habit, not what you're doing. Um, I could be frivolously these days. Most people are actually signed up on way too many streaming apps, entertainment apps, you know, so to understand like, oh, are you paying for Hulu, Netflix, Disney, Paramount, Peacock, you know, you name it, there's a price tag attached to them. So every month, are you spending 40 to $50 just on apps? And which ones do you actually use? Are you online shopping for shoes? That's my thing. It's easy to look for things. The other day I was looking for the most obscure item. I was like, can I get, you know, real clean, not unclean peacock feathers? And I was like, what am I going to do with these? But I just wanted them. And the internet makes it easy to want. Oh, absolutely. My heart actually just goes out to the younger generation again, because that's all they know. You know, they think Amazon, you snap your fingers. And where I live, we don't even have to wait two days. Half the time it's on our doorstep the very next day. So they have in this mindset, well, mom, can you just get it? It'll be here tomorrow, you know. And it's like, oh, buddies, like this is (laughs) not how we want to operate. Um, And just, again, I go back to slowing down um, and I even on purpose change shipping so that they have to wait a couple days. And it sounds like, oh, but you need it today or tomorrow. Not everything, because again, the accessibility and then suddenly the spending that's attached to that and you're not going to miss it. It's a couple days. Delayed gratification is huge, huge. And that's also the disheartening part because that, again, going back to the financial goals, when you look at what's five years or what's 10 years of waiting, what does that look like? But I challenge our listeners on this. In those five years of saving and investing or those 10 years, what you wanted at 22, 23 could look vastly different by the time you're 28, 
30. You might be thinking, oh, you're single and 23 living it up. And by 30, you're like, hey, I'm engaged and we're planning on settling down. Well, your housing choice could drastically, you know, change. So, and your your geographical location is going to change too. I watch a show called House Hunters. I don't know if you watch that show. It's really interesting. One person will say, I, I want to be right in the city to be, you know, part of nightlife. The other person will say, I want to be in the suburbs because I want to start a family. And all of that is very relevant when we think about financial choices. What are your long-term goals? And those do shift. I mean, for me, sometimes they shift within a month or two. Oh, absolutely. And I think, and again, too, empowering you to take hold of your dreams and being able to say, what is truly important for me? You know, what do I want? You know, what am I dreaming about? And I say, take the job or the career out of it. You'll figure that part out. And it, even on that growth journey, that develops and changes. But for the big dreaming part, when you align your finances to your dreams, that's when you're going to achieve them. But when you don't align a goal to your financial plan, you're not going to achieve it. You're a ship in the wind. One thing I want to bring up is when you start to make a plan, you'll be interested to see how certain, as a topic I've seen on the internet, certain friends will discount your dreams. You know, I once was with a, a group of friends, I guess, and I had had a business since I was very, very young. And apparently they had invited me because they thought I was going to pick up the bill for this activity. And when I figured that out, I was so frustrated because they didn't really want me there. They definitely wanted me to pick up the bill. And that's important too, that the people that you surround yourself with, be aware, let them know about your goals, let them know why you're trying to save, why you're trying to invest, whatever it is. And if they don't respect that, that's something to take note of. Oh, I can 100% agree with that. Just the circle you travel in and the friends you keep. And, you, you know, I'm not saying get rid of them. You know, <laughs> we're meant to walk alongside. You might be, become the shining beacon to so many people, even though they talk down to it. They're secretly in admiration of. And that's heartbreaking, Brooke, to hear someone inviting to pick up a tab. Ugh. But that is a big thing that you will read. You know, I've heard a number of stories, at least on the Internet, about friends going out spending, you know, 10K on bottle service and whatnot, and then expecting to split that equally. And so having a plan, if you're going out with friends, if you're going out with families or colleagues, of what you are doing when the check comes. So I can attest to that one. So when I was digging myself out of student loan debt in San Francisco, you know, it was the thing to do was to go out every Friday night. And I started to become very transparent and open with my group. And I just said, listen, I'd love to, but here's my budget. So I can go for two hours and then I've got to peace out, go home. Or can we try another option? Or can we just hang out at home? And then we don't have to worry about driving, public transportation, safety, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, you had some that were like, that's not the reason. And I was like, okay, well, that's my piece. Like, and then you had others that were like, aligning with you because they were in the same boat, but just didn't want to vocalize it. So I encourage people to vocalize and be transparent. You don't have to tell them how much you're in debt or whatever. We're not about that. It's just like, hey, this is my budget because I'm working toward this goal. That's simple. And people could be like, oh, wow, that's awesome. She's a not only working towards something, but she's limiting herself 
in a really healthy way. You're not going to be manipulated, walked over. So you'd be surprised who will rally around you too in that moment on the friendship level because you'll see who's on your side. Be honest about what you're really looking for in life. Because what I see sometimes online is taking advice from someone who has seven children, say, and you want to be a child-free person. The way that you do your finances is going to be dramatically different. If you know something about yourself or you, if you suspect it, tell people. A hundred percent agree. And I, I think really at the end of the day, finances really is at your inner being. It's, it's part of your wiring. Um, it is attached to everything in good ways and bad ways. It's the only tool that we have emotional connections to. Again, good or bad. You don't have emotional connections to hammers, drills. But for money, again, at the end of the day, it's just a tool. But there is such an emotional connection to it. It weaves into our inner worth. It drives values, good and bad, sadly. But just, again, owning who you are and really understanding, like, this is where I'm at. This is where I want to go. And these are my non-negotiables. I will not blah, 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 what, you know, fill that in. And not in a way that you're not being, you're, you know, you're not being unchangeable, but just knowing, like, for example, there's a non-negotiable in our house. Car payments are part of life these days, but in our house, I'm, I'm a married woman. We will only ever have one car payment. That's a non-negotiable. Either I'm getting one paying it off in a couple of years or my husband is. So things like that, that will really help you get to where you want to be. I have a very hard question for you. If you were going to share two to three pieces of advice, uh, techniques, kind of gold nuggets, if you will, with our viewership, what would those two to three pieces of advice be? Okay. Um, Specifically to finances, write your goal down. And with that, start with one. Just write one thing down, but break it down to a monthly contribution. And again, I can send you a link that gives you that awesome resource. It's like, with that, you'll see that ticket, that ticket to entry, if you will, on that monthly level. That would be number one, budgeting. If I had to talk about three things in finance, it would be setting your goal, learning how to budget, and friends, friends, hear this one, investing now, investing at 22, 23. You have the ability to make yourself a millionaire, but you have to do it. And it's those little tiny habits every single day. So those would be the three things in finances that I would say you have to tackle. Oh my goodness. I love these. I've had so much fun with you. I feel like I grew smarter. I feel like I learned with you. If people want to connect with you, they want to learn about the resources you have. How do they do that? Well, I can drop a link. um, Absolutely. And then I honestly, I refer everybody to Chalkboard Financial's website. We are a nonprofit. So it is chalkboardfinancial.org. And you can see where we've been, how we operate. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm hoping all our listeners got nuggets of awesome information and take the time to slow down and reach out and educate themselves. Thank you for joining me on Campus Chronicles. I hope you found our discussion informative, inspiring, entertaining, and fun. We are always working hard to make sure that our episodes are the very best they can be, which means we need your help. If you liked what you heard, 
remember to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast platform and drop us a review. It helps us to connect with more students who are hungry for success. And remember, the journey never stops. Keep listening, keep learning, keep growing. See you next week for another amazing episode of Campus Chronicles.